Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. times I've seen you walking through that door, you know, I love your ways, that little smile means so much more and many ways I've walked with you, hand in hand, that kind of rhythm, man, so many fires I've been putting out, so many breaths I've not let out, and many times I will again. I just let you in since the guardrails fell in And we were flooded in and many times mm, I've heard you hum that too I'm crazy for that melody I'm crazy for you Which many times I'll say again Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Charlotte McLean with Many Times. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. I'm good. You know, um, I'm good. I'm, I'm, well, I'm depressed, actually. Oh, no. Why? Whoa. You know what happened? What? Hmm. I didn't win the lottery. Oh. <laughs> I didn't 1. win the one. I didn't win the 1.5. Did someone, did someone yes. actually win it? I heard some someone guy in Florida. Oh, one guy. Can you imagine you spent $2 and then the next day you were a billionaire? $38 million. Anyway, let's talk about the music real quick. Interesting stuff. The song never, it just kind of kept going. I didn't know. No, the phrasing is, is, is kind of... Uh, unconventional it was yeah. very cool you know and then yeah. i think you're going to be surprised when we talk to her where she's from oh i know where she's from well, so. well let's, not, let's not give it up yet okay we're because, not gonna give it away because um, it's not what you think the conventional instrumentation i like how the instruments are kind of mid-rangey and there's a lot of room in the recordings but yeah that phrasing is strange it's like uh yeah it just kept going did, stream of consciousness yeah it was it was i don't know where it yeah. landed and she is a jazz singer so like she's also okay, well, not go. it's i think that's a little bit more unconventional as well so. but i'm noticing that there's someone up else on this podcast today there is some, some girl so 
Like I mentioned in previous episodes, we had two wonderful interns this summer, Grace, who you guys heard about three or four episodes ago, and now we have our social media intern, (laughs) Maggie, joining us for this episode. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Hey, Maggie. (laughs) Hi, guys. How are you? We're so what good. what would possess what I assume is a reasonably intelligent person to get involved with 9420? Wow, well I'm honored that you think I'm intelligent because there's definitely <laughs> some grace that would that would beg to differ. <laughs> um well you know, I actually I've been I had um it was, it was a while ago and it had the podcast had come up on my like suggested Instagram. So like I had like been listening for like a minute. I saw y'all were looking for something for social media. So I was like, I'm yeah. just going to, you know, throw a rock. And here we are. <laughs> well, very cool. Maggie was actually one of the first ones to apply. And I think the, the second she interviewed, I knew that she was going to be one of our interns. But I couldn't tell her because I had like 10 more people. But she's been great. She's She's the one that's handling all of our social media and doing all of the outreach and postings and stuff like that. And she's cool. been a rock star. Beautiful. Yeah. You flatter me Beautiful. too much. <laughs> So I would love to know if Maggie has any questions for us because she's obviously been an avid listener and knows our nuances and quirks, but like would love to know if there's anything that you want to ask us or put us on the spot for. Okay, listen, listen, I know, I know what you guys are going to say, so don't hate me. And I know that Nicole mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Taylor Swift. What about her? Like, like what makes you, I don't want to say not, (laughs) yes, quite frankly, (laughs) like what about her? I don't know. I, I, probably nothing. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't hate her. I I, I think she, her her work ethic is a, absolutely extraordinary. I think she's interesting in how she goes about doing business. The issue I have is that her music, the output, it just doesn't excite me. It doesn't speak to me. Okay. Uh, and I also have this lingering feeling that I'm missing out on the connection between pop stardom and figure skating costume. You know what it is, Maggie? <laughs> this is, I'll, I'll give you my answer. It's because she's young, rich, and successful, and we're just jealous. <laughs> you guys also aren't her and we target don't care audience. About that is yeah. fair. But, like, Taylor's well, yeah, also not, not your target. Like, you are not the people she's trying to go after. She's trying to go after sure. the young people who can relate to her songs and stuff like that. But Yeah, and, and I get that. I, that that uh, Cruel Summer song's kind of cool. I've but I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Knowing so me, though, if I was 18, I'd probably hate her, too, if I was 18. <laughs> so, because she's just too, I don't know. There's something that's, who am I to judge this? Again, I'll, I'll preface it with, I'm just, I, I have no based on nothing but my own stupidity but there's this air of inauthenticity that reeks from comes from her i I don't believe something about her something about it's just too perfect well i mean she is rather manufactured i mean i think most people by now know the story that uh she comes from a very wealthy family and they basically invested a few million dollars into her career before her debut album Mm -hmm. so that and Probably a lesser known story is the idea that I was active in, and working in the industry when her first album came out. Yeah, and it right. was largely, I think, I mean, uh, in my opinion, let's put it that way so we don't get sued. In my opinion, it was ghostwritten by uh, a writer, a very talented writer named Liz Rose. So 
I think she's super talented. I mean, it's just that the kind of uh, monotone. Um, yeah, you know what I think is what I'm saying. Like, don't you think? Like, you know, I'll totally throw this out there. I don't know if you even get these references, but so in the, in the '70s, let's say, I can tell you, I can I can say Queen, Boston, Led Zeppelin, The Who. Aerosmith, David Bowie, everyone I mentioned was distinctly, uniquely their own thing. And that goes on and on. Every band was different, their own thing. They have their own. Today, if I listen to, I can't tell if it's Selena Gomez or Pink or, or, or Billie Eilish or, or Taylor Swift. It all sounds like the same homogenized nonsense. That whisper voice stuff. Well, and I the think cool that's stuff. the way records are being yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's like there's, there's, there's no nothing anymore it's just one big you know it's sonically cool some of it i get it and i'm not against all of it but where's the individuality where's the true like you know i don't know and that's what's lacking to me maybe it's just an old guy saying this stuff but i think <laughs> i think i'm right <laughs> it's, it's, it's. so what do you say to that maggie <laughs> i'm completely well. mystified by her ability to sell eighty thousand tickets you know four four nights a week i'm i'm mystified by it well, she's, she's, I think this is her sixth night at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles that she's completely yeah. sold out. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a incredible. feat in and of itself. With Taylor, it's like her lyricism is just like so poetic. Like you kind of like, I don't know, you take something where it's like, I feel like misunderstood. Like, I don't know like where like things went wrong and she like twist it, not twist it, twist it's not the right word, but she like formats it in a way to where it's like, how did you even like come up with that? And I think that's like the big like thing like with her and like with her lyricism is kind of like what sets her apart. And so it, it kind of, you know, I admittedly haven't spent any time with it, but so what I thought was going on was she was just kind of writing down conversations and impressions that she had about relationships and then you know kind of formulating the songs that way you say there's more po poetry in it oh yes like especially if you listen to it was her i think it was i can't remember what it was i think her sixth or seventh album her folklore like if you like really like so like i love like studying music and like that kind of stuff so like if you really like study it yeah. like it's really fascinating like how she puts like these words and phrases together well i think that is her voice because as i was saying earlier i mean there was a lot of co-writing in the beginning that probably didn't get its due mm -hmm. and didn't get its credit now they didn't care because she was that was back in the time when you could sell records and she was selling tons of records so you know the the uh the writers that were co-writing these songs were happy to just sit back and you know accept the checks mailbox money we used to call it i've been a taylor swift fan forever and like yeah. all of her albums like it's all like about it's like it's another going back to like the lyrics it's almost like the theatrical like aspect of it where she wants like her audience like to also be entertained and keep them like engaged so i think like that's the thing no, I don't get me wrong. She seems like a wonderful person. I love what she's doing with the Scooter Braun thing and and the, and the label stuff. And I, I love the way she's like doing her own records and and, and giving the f you to the man and all that stuff. Yeah. I think she's cool with that. So I like a lot about her. Can I ask? Can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. I've got two. So would you say that one of the things that kind of keeps her fans engaged is the Easter eggs of it all in terms of how she's crafted different things to clue her fans into maybe what's happening next or like deeper stories behind the meaning of certain things yes <laughs> i'll totally i'll totally like you know contradict myself you know what it is she's this a star of this generation with, with social media and all that stuff and we're like 
who knows? Maybe the Beatles back in, if they had social media, maybe John Lennon would be an idiot. Maybe I'd hate him because everything he would say, and you know. So she's this this ages star. I love what she did with the giving the whole crew hundred grand each. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of intense. Yeah, you know, spending cool. some of the wealth. It was like overall, she gave like fifty-five million dollars in raises, like like for everybody. I will say this: it's become such a phenomenon. It will be interesting to see what happens in five or ten years. You know, see if she moves the music forward. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Slay. I've decided. Maggie, Maggie has converted Carl. I, I'm, I'm a new Taylor Swift fan. I'm a, what, I'm a Swifty. Is that what you call me? Swifty. I. You know what? That was my one goal. I'll have to send you mm. some bracelets, Clara. Okay, that's it. I'm in. <laughs> where do I got to go to see her now? I got to go to Japan to see her now? No, miss- she's coming back to the States at the end of 2024. She how, how long new- is this tour? Like eight years? <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably end up being that long. God. So besides Taylor Swift, do Carl and Greg have any questions for Maggie? Well, I've asked a couple. Well, Carl, no, but it was all Taylor more? Swift related. Yeah, but yeah, I don't okay. ask questions. I just say stupid stuff. I, I We always I, like knowing what your musical tastes are aside from Taylor Swift. Okay, so I was waiting for this question because Taylor Swift is really big, but for me, my all-time number one. Don't, don't, don't scare us. Don't scare us now. I won't. I say? won't. Harry Styles. Once again, I mean, last week or the week before, I made a pledge that I was going to quit being so damn judgmental, and I was just going to listen more, and I'm going to be more open. Hell, well, you know, I to, can't to, sound like to a admit, to, to be quite honest, I've stuff. seen that 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 Taylor Swift video, the 10 minute Music one. Is my lifeblood. I don't know much about her. I have a couple of songs I've heard of her. I couldn't even tell you one song off the top of my head that she even did. So I don't even know much about her. So I'm just condemning her based on no information at all. You know, like, so that's not really fair, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah, I haven't listened. Because then I know it's I really funny. Haven't. You know it's funny too. Because so just as like I'm probably pissing off people who like her. So when I read like these young people who say, I saw this thing yesterday where like some guy was like summing up the Beatles, and he goes, I don't "Well, get the Beatles. he goes, he goes, he goes. Well, Ringo is ugly. He goes, John Lennon was a dope. And then and I'm going, what? This idiot. So he goes, Paul McCartney was kind of good. I'm going, this guy. How do you? He calls John Lennon a dope. Like so, so already I'm getting all pissed off and shit. So well, it used to be there was it used to be there was a whole industry. I mean, ever since rock and roll kind of came about in the mid '50s, there was a whole industry that came up around your opinions of what you were hearing on the radio and your opinions of all the gatekeepers and who was allowed to make records. It used to be that. You had to go through a bunch of gates and a, jump through a bunch of hoops in order to be able to put what you did out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there were only, what, a handful of independent labels and a few majors. And so there was a lot of gatekeepers. You know, we're going to make you a star, kid. Or go away, kid. You ain't got it. You know, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, that's my big argument now is that the, the process you used to, weed, you, you used to weed out right. the people so, who weren't that serious. Now anybody and their brother can so, put stuff out. But it used out. to be people worked hard for their right. opinions of what they heard. Now everybody's like, eh, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, Maggie, what, so what, so what, what do you, any advice for us? What do you think we should be doing? Are we doing anything wrong, right? I mean, I don't think so. I feel like it's the same thing where it's just like, listening to like a lot of things it's kind of like what i've done like exactly what y'all said like keeping like your mind open like i feel like 
because I, I I love lyrics as I kind of like said before like the more like you listen to like lyrics I feel like that's the more that you kind of like like the song like itself and then the artist but I mean I, I don't think anything just besides like that I mean that's just what I found your parents into music were your parents into uh music in any way so my mom's dad grew up listening to mm -hmm. bluegrass so they did that that's all should my mom really listen to my mom's a big swifty mm -hmm. too but my dad he really got me into like classic rock like my first song that I ever learned how to play on guitar was landslide by you know fleetwood mac and that has in yeah, cool. turn have like i'm godly i love yep. fleetwood mac stevie nicks iconic iconic yeah Yep, very cool. So what are we doing? Are we are we, are we done with this? Do we not play some more music, or are we just gonna keep on talking about yeah, nonsense? Yeah, let's listen to some more. Music. Yeah, so I think we're gonna say bye to Maggie. You have been such a great uh, co-host today. Um, we've thoroughly talked, uh, enjoyed talking to you, and the fact that you got Carl to be a Swifty, I think, is I'm one for yes, the book. Yes, <laughs> it is. I'm gonna put that in my Pretty Instagram legendary. bio. I swear, that's gonna be there like on go. my resume. <laughs> All right, so while we regroup from an awesome talk with Maggie, we are going to listen to some more music by Charlotte called Tell Me. But before that, we're going to plug the podcast because why not? This episode is sponsored by the 9420 Podcast. That's right, we are sponsoring ourselves this week and encouraging you all to listen to the over 100 episodes we currently have in our rotation. Each episode features a new independent music artist who's looking to make it in this industry. For more information, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. It's a work in progress Promise left outside It's a way to get around Time we've lost baggage we've found It's part of my process When I throw to beg and pray You won't pick it up another day Tell me that you wouldn't dare We are working through this Unfortunate display Twisting as we push him through What we think is what we'll do When we think it's working Doesn't do a thing To better say each other's names And hear them
meandering yeah. uh, track. She kind of yeah. reminds me of Brittany Jean. Remember when we featured her? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of cool. What I think you're going to be very surprised when we talk to her, Greg. Well, so, okay. Yeah. So why don't we get Greg's opinion on this? Where do you think she's from? Um, Northeast. Okay. okay. All right. So we, we did speak to her, right? We did. We spoke to Charlotte, and she answered our questions of the week. All right, so the first question that we asked her is to tell us a little bit about herself. My name's Charlotte, and I'm a singer-songwriter and music lecturer here in Brisbane. I mostly sing jazz originals, but I've recently started branching out into singing folk and bluegrass music, which I've always really loved. Um, But I love all contemporary genres, so country, pop, jazz, folk, R&B, you name it. I gravitate more towards anything with meaningful lyrics and a pretty melody, though. I teach voice and ear training at Jazz Music Institute, I'm also lecturing in ear training and songwriting at JMC Academy, which is more of a commercial pop rock music school. So that's what I spend a good chunk of my time doing. Lately, I'm also spending a bit of time creating online courses for people wanting to learn how to write music or sing. And the rest of my time, I'm writing music and hanging out with my two chihuahuas, Pickle and Phoebe. Did you think she came from Australia, Greg? No, I, ne- I didn't hear it. In, <laughs> right? in a word, <laughs> in a word of those songs, I did not hear it. No. Is that funny? It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah cool. she sounds, yeah. I mean, her voice sounds nothing like her singing voice. All right, so what else do we ask? Um, Charlotte? Charlotte, right. <laughs> so we asked her, what music artists have inspired your career so far? I've got a bunch of artists that I could probably list, but I'll try my best to keep the list short. Uh, Chris Thiele, so he's a mandolinist and singer-songwriter, is the lead to Punch Brothers and to Nickel Creek, if you haven't already checked them out. He's a bluegrass mandolinist, but he writes in a really modern way and incorporates a bunch of different genres. I'm pretty obsessed with him because I think he's probably one of the best musicians in the world currently, but he also writes really interesting and meaningful lyrics. Once I heard him say, I'll try to remember the quote, um, he, when, when he's writing music, he tries to find a balance between visceral and intellectual or something like that. And I think it's a really perfect approach to writing beautiful songs, which uh, is exactly what he does. Aoife O'Donovan, uh, she's someone I listen to a lot of. She's a bluegrass influence folk and singer-songwriter, I'd say, but she could probably do anything. I've heard a lot, or, sorry, I've learned a lot from listening to her music about how to approach the studio and recording and how to have a really 
I guess, clear idea of sounds during the writing and arrangement process. She's inspired me to be braver, I guess, when it comes to experimenting uh, with instrumentation because she's a really innovative producer. One of my favorite songs of hers is Stanley Park. She mentioned Chris Dealey, who that guy is so incredibly far under the radar. He probably is the best mandolin that's living. I don't, even, I don't even know who that even yeah. is. So that's... He was in this band called uh, Pump Brothers, and he did a fairly high-profile thing a few years back. He was the guy that replaced Garrison Keillor on Prairie Home Companion, and he made the show much more interesting as far as like the musical content that was being offered up, and he played a lot during the show. But he spoke too. He was a he was a told stories. Yeah, I mean he's 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 fairly good orator. Yeah. So wow. uh, and they did skits and things, but I don't think those ever captured people's imaginations. But he is a formidable musician, one of the best in the world. And so it's cool that she would that was she she would give a shout out to him. I'm just amazed to even know who these people are. That's I was going to say, I, thought, I didn't You impressed me, Greg, unless, yeah. unless you're just lying. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, try, I try to keep up a little bit, but I I don't know nothing about that that dude that Nicole went to see. Oh, Ed Sheeran? Yeah, I don't know nothing about Ed Sheeran, but I know anyway, something about Anyway, so then we ask her our final question. We did. We asked her, what is one music service not currently offered to independent music artists that should be? That's a tricky question because I think uh, most indie artists tend to have to be skilled in a wide range of areas just to get their music heard, at least up until a certain point. But definitely for emerging artists, uh, we need to be in charge of not just writing and arranging, but managing, promoting, marketing, admin, uh, you name it. So I think it would be really helpful for me at least to have a a how-to course uh, specifically for artists working in the current climate how to deal with things like Spotify and TikTok, how to build passive income, how to promote music, that kind of thing. I'm sure there's courses like that, but I haven't found any that are for artists that aren't looking to complete a tertiary degree and also courses that have been updated since COVID when we saw a massive change in the uh, music industry. I also wouldn't say no to something like a, a meet-up barbecue for people of all genres. So classical people get a meet and rock people, and um, and everyone loves a good barbecue. You know, I, I love that. <laughs> that a a, a meetup barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> I think we. Should, I think. I think. You know. I think Charlotte. We're going to steal that domain. We're going to meetupbarbecue.com. Well, <laughs> with the, uh, you know, with the propensity for Austin to create barbecue on the on the go, she needs to spend a couple of seasons attending south by southwest in austin because that's essentially what that is that's every genre meeting up in austin for two weeks of music and technology and uh barbecue so. i think down where she is that she has south by south south <laughs> <laughs> or no would she instead of south by southwest would it be south by southeast <laughs> i don't she know she just needs to go to texas <laughs> Oh man! So we're still doing this. We're still- we are. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we'll we'll do it a few more weeks. We'll see what happens. Oh man! Yeah. So now that I'm a Swifty, <laughs> I know now you got to go and you got to come back and say which is your favorite song or album or era. You better get over to the garment district and get yourself one of those suits. ice capades. Yeah, ice capades outfits and yep. All right, so are we are we done with this nonsense? I think we're done for today. Yep. <laughs> God, we talked to Maggie. We did. So you think she'll? Yeah, so after did. that, you think she's still going to stay with? Us? I hope so. I think she <laughs> will. I don't think she's going anywhere. I think she's 
considers this uh, Swifty thing maybe a little feather in her cap. She you know? does. 100%. She'll put that on her resume going forward. Con- okay. Converted Carl into a Swifty on episode, what is this, 145? <laughs> but I'll never be a Sheerany, whatever you call no, him. She- a Sheeranite. A Sheeranite. <laughs> is that what they call him? I don't know. Yeah, we should, we'll oh. start maybe, that. Maybe they're Sheerheads? I don't know. A Sheeranite. <laughs> Sheer madness. God, get us out of this. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through for one last song by Charlotte called Tortoise Beetles. For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> question an answer rose to meet it an answer that I felt against my skin and the glistening tortoise beetles golden brown under the moonlight make me think of pixies dancing on the wind laughing at the trouble Get in Looking up Through the lens of the banyan at the moon I notice you And bow for you Looking up Through the lens of the banyan at the moon the question my lips rose to meet them I don't think they were speaking out of time and the warmth of your breath in the coolness of the night made shapes into the air that looked like words which spell you don't know love yet but you'll learn Looking up Through the lens of the banyan at the moon I notice you And bow for you Looking up Through the lens of the banyan at the moon I notice you I notice you I knew